Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local area, and it's a great place for entrepreneurs to learn more about the franchising industry. Today's episode is with two guests and co-founders of one of those platform brands, multifamily brands, that we've talked a lot about on this podcast. They also represent, amongst those platform or family of brands, a lot of home service businesses, and we've talked about the power of those in recent episodes as well. But after I introduce our co-founders, Josh and Zach here, they're going to talk a little bit about how they're doing it a bit differently. So get ready for quite a ride because this is a growing organization that they represent. I want to introduce Zach Butler and Josh Skolnick, co-founders of Horsepower Brands. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Good Thanks for having us. You bet. So let's get it going here. You represent, as I said, a grouping of franchise brands, but it's a little different approach than what you normally see under these platforms. Can you talk a little bit about how you're different? Yeah, Blake. I think one of the things that we're doing at Horsepower Brands that's, that makes us unique in this is, is really, I think, our claim to fame, I guess you could say, is that we're the only franchise we're out there in the home service space that's built multiple franchise brands from the ground up beyond 100 active territories. So what does this mean if you're a franchise candidate? is that we're, we're building an infrastructure day one for our franchise brands to grow into because we have the experience. We've done this not just once, not just twice, not just three times, but four different times. And so when you look at that, uh, our franchisees get uh, a lot of additional support. I'm let Josh Because you know what it's like to be in those shoes, in other words. Yeah, and, I, and I've, I've sat in a very, I've sat in multiple unique spaces within franchising. I've been the franchisee. I've been franchise development. I've been the GM of a franchise location and now franchisor throughout the last 15 years. And I think that gives me a unique perspective. And one of the things that Josh has had a vision for, and I'll let him speak to it, is how we vertically integrated to provide better systems and processes for franchisees around the country. Gotcha. Blake, you've personally been to our office in Omaha, Nebraska, and had an opportunity to sit through um, a consultant discovery day and go through a similar experience that franchise candidates do with our organization. And so one of the things we often talk about is that vendors are a huge extension to the support system of any franchise or organization. So when Zach and I set out back in 2020 to launch horsepower brands, we had a vision that not only did we want to be a franchise or, but we also wanted to launch vendor verticals, which would support our franchisees, um, creating better accountability and more importantly, controlling cost of what those services would cost and the scope of services that were included in the fees that a franchisee would be paying for those individual services. So today our organization, we've got a vision to grow to 25 businesses by 2025. Mm -hmm. That will be a culmination of franchisor businesses and some of those vendors. And today we're well on our way to get there, you know, with all of the various brands and we've got several vendors 
um, today between Powerhouse Call Solutions, Franchise Rocket, doing all the digital marketing, Lights for Christmas, providing and distributing all of the lighting supply products that our Blingle franchisees need. And for anybody that wants to learn more about all of our brands and everything we're doing, can go right to our website at horsepowerbrands.com. Thanks. Sometimes I have to remind people about that. So back up real quick, and just for some clarity and specificity, if that's a real word, talk a little bit about um, an example, without releasing anything proprietary, but an example of one of those vendor-related verticals that ultimately helps your franchisees within each of these brands. So Franchise Rocket would be a great example. Uh, Owning the digital marketing gives us the ability to really look behind the scenes as we're making acquisitions. All of our brands are acquisitions that we acquire a smaller company, um, typically less than five locations across the U.S., whether it be uh, corporate locations or an already franchise entity. But as we're going through the M&A process and the acquisitions, we can do a lot of industry research online because we've got all the professionals um, under one roof. And then more importantly, we can really build a strategic digital marketing campaign that works Um, It's got that transparency through all of the reporting and dashboards that we provide to each one of our franchisees to monitor their performance of their online digital advertising and just anything related to uh, pay-per-click advertising, social media, whatever they might be doing. But then beyond that, we do something called micro lead generation where we can go and build hundreds of websites, things that we've talked to other marketing agencies about doing where they said we could do that for you, but it would cost you millions of dollars. So we've made the multi-million dollar investment to have this team under our roof so that not only do we enter into an industry under the brand name that we represent as part of the franchise or organization, but we can also create funnels, so to say, which then lead people in to our locations and our business to really capture as much of the people out there in a specific demographic to bring them into our business to ultimately make sure the dollars in a specific industry are funneled through our company as opposed to our competitors. Yeah, kind of having, having more control of that process on behalf of your, on behalf of your brands and beyond, on behalf of the franchisees themselves. Absolutely. Got it. Thank you. Going back to the beginning, what was the spark that created Horsepower Brands? I gotta take I'll let you take that. Uh, Josh and I are extremely competitive, and we want to win, but it's important to us to win the right way. And we've noticed in franchising, Blake, that uh, there's been less and less focus on profitability at the franchisee level, and where franchisors are just selling more territories. And we went out. And, and we really started partnering and we both thought the same way. We both, but we both focus on the same things that create franchisee success. And we could just in our conversations, it was very clear that we were in alignment and we wanted to create something that disrupted the industry back to the way it should be. And that's where the franchisor doesn't have success without the, the, the collaboration and success of the franchisees. So I think when Josh talks about bringing the marketing agency in house, there was just no accountability for any marketing agency that we worked with. Now they have to be accountable because I can walk right into their damn office and make them accountable. Yeah. And when we looked at this, this franchise or franchise relationship, it was very easy for Josh and I to understand each other because he started out as a franchise or, and I started out as a franchisee in this industry. So our, our perspective of what should happen once we aligned that vision, uh, we knew that we had something great and we started Horsepower Brands 
I think uh, just under two years ago. And as of today, we're about to launch our fifth franchise brand with four more in the hopper launching in the next six months. So congratulations. Our, our, uh, our strategy is working very well. And our first year average unit volume of our first brand is the highest that I've ever seen in franchising. So I think there's something to be said about what we're doing and is, it is capturing a lot of attention within the industry. And I want to pause there real quick and thank you for bringing that point up because it just simply cannot be said enough, emphasized enough, that nothing in franchising is more important than unit level profitability for the local franchisees. So I appreciate you sharing that and appreciate you sharing how that ties into everything that you guys do. Oh, absolutely. And I think, Blake, just to give you credit, I think you're one of the top consultants in the country. It took me a long time to convince you just to come out and check out what we were doing. And I knew that once we got you on our radar, uh, that uh, you would see what we were doing, but uh, you're you're a hard man to convince, uh, and that's just because your experience in franchising, obviously. I can be fairly selective, but I think that's a good thing. Thank you. Absolutely. That's very very kind of you to say. Before we forget, let's talk a little bit more about. So, I mentioned at the top, the brands that you work with are all pretty much within the home services category, correct? Correct. All right. You want to list them off real quick? Absolutely. So today, today we have Mighty Dog Roofing. We've got Blingle, iFoam, focusing on insulation between bat, blow-in, as well as spray foam. Uh, we've got Heroes, uh, focusing on not only lawn care, but irrigation as well as pet waste removal. And one of the most recent brands, which launches here in the next 30 days, is Gatsby Glass, focused on frameless shower doors and anything related to glass, whether it be glass entryways to commercial structures, um, office buildings where you've got conference rooms and things of that nature. But if it has anything to do with uh, glass, shower walls, doors, and more, we can do it all. Fantastic. Thanks for the overview. It's like you've done that before. I think you've rattled off this list a few times, huh? We should create a commercial at this point. (laughs) You kind of touched on this a little bit when I asked you to describe what made you different. But one of the things that I've noticed too is you seem to focus in on when you're looking at bringing a brand into your portfolio, into your family of brands, you're looking for newer businesses, right? Not, not businesses that have tons and tons of locations already. We are. We're focused on a business with less than five locations, average unit volume of at least a million dollars. We typically look at a cap on the uh, volume of even a corporate location we technically try to look for a business that's doing under $5 million in annual revenue out of its corporate location at the time of an acquisition. We want to create a business model that is not only something someone can replicate, but more importantly, is at a revenue level that can be achieved by a franchisee getting into the business with uh, no industry experience. All of our franchisees come to us with no industry experience. The only experience they might have in an industry that we're in is that they've personally bought that service for their own home or place of business in the past. But we do not take on franchisees that bring a level of experience in any specific industry that we're in. Okay. So did I hear you correctly that the reasoning and the logic behind bringing on newer brands that haven't expanded to lots and lots of locations is there's a measure of control for you to create the organic growth and the unit level economics that you expect with all your brands because you can organically grow it from the beginning? Well, I guess let me, uh, I'll, I'll add on to what Josh is saying, Blake. When you look at franchising in general, 
when a, an emerging brand launches its franchise offering, you typically see the the first what we call what we call pioneer franchisees mm-hmm. are typically family, friends, or the innovator, uh, extremely early adopter in the buying process. And what we found is that those franchisees typically aren't the higher performers. They're typically a little harder to deal with. They they want to be there first. They want to do it their sure. way. But you know, in franchising, that's typically how a lot of franchisors start. I know uh, uh, oh, we're very fortunate that we have our franchise development process dialed in where we don't need to do that. So without getting too technical, there's a, a, a chart that shows people's buying decisions. And uh, this bell curve, in the middle of that bell curve, we believe, Josh and I, that that's where the higher performers lie. But they're far more cynical than you would than you would think, and they typically don't buy emerging brands. Okay. So by us going after a brand that has a lot of open space and very few franchisees, by us investing millions of dollars in infrastructure, dialing in that support, creating the advertising avenues, bringing in forms of technology, we can now bring in a more sophisticated, far a far more well capitalized franchisee that will produce a lot more in average unit volume, which is good for us as the franchisor, obviously. But as a franchisee, the more high performers you have in your in your brand, the more valuable your location becomes. So rather than going after a mature location that we could buy because we do have the capital, we can replicate that exact same system in less than 24 months with two to three times the average unit volume by starting early. If you look at Mighty Dog Roofing, we acquired it with two locations, one in Greenville, South Carolina, one in Charlotte, North Carolina. And in the first 12 months of development, we awarded 216 franchise units. And we're very proud of the fact that we continue to get all of those open units open. Mm-hmm. Um, our typical delay in, in opening a franchisee from the point of signing a franchise agreement to the point of opening is between 90 and 120 days. So we can really launch a franchisee in a very short period of time. We often get told we work with a lot of empire builder mentality people, individuals that have some business experience or own other businesses. And we often hear from um, our candidates that have owned a business before that uh, it's amazing to them how quickly they can launch a business and be up and doing the services that we offer and grow a profitable business as opposed to all of the things that they've launched grassroots in the past. Uh, Some have even said what they've been able to achieve in the first year is something that would have taken them five or six or more years in their own business based on their prior track record. Gotcha. And it all goes back to that, not just finding the first franchisees, but finding the right first franchisees that are looking for that kind of growth. Correct. Zach hit the nail on the head when he said, we've got our development process dialed in. We know the avatar of the people we're looking for, and more importantly, what it takes to be a successful franchisee. So having control of building the foundation properly of the brand from the onset means that we can focus our time into energy, time and energy into things that really move the needle within the system, as opposed to spending a ton of time, money, and resources on people that are dissatisfied, disenfranchised, and feel as if they didn't get what they wanted from a prior owner in a business. Um, Oftentimes, when we acquire these emerging brands, if there are franchisees already involved, they're actually very refreshed to see what we bring to the table as an organization at Horsepower Brands, because we do everything under one roof. We've got all of the infrastructure to handle everything from inception to completion of growing out a franchise brand, and continuing to launch those vendor verticals hits on a lot of those pain points 
to make sure that our franchisees have everything they need to focus on the things that make them money. And being in the service industry, the two things that matter most are sales and production. If they can focus on their sales and their production of the sales that they create, that's what's going to make them money in their business. Well, we're working in the background to help monitor and manage everything else in their business for them. Gotcha. As the co-founders, what's your long game with Horsepower Brands? So I mentioned it earlier with our vision of 25 businesses by 2025. Um, That doesn't mean that we're looking to build the 25 businesses by 2025 and exit. Zach and I are both uh, young guys in our, in our thirties and have a lot of uh, experience in the industry and a lot of roads ahead of us that we still need to pave within this industry. Uh, We believe everything that we bring to market will be a legacy brand long-term. Once we hit that goal, we'll determine what the next goal is. Uh, we may choose to bring in some level of a strategic partner through pri- through a private equity investment, which would have to bring a lot of value to help provide something that we may not already be doing or bring in some special sauce that we may not have access to today. Um, that seems to be a very unlikely path because I think all the people in the industry that are observing what we're doing recognize that we're doing something that's never been done before with essentially grassroots launching all of these emerging brands and turning them into legacy names and household names across the country. Uh, What really is attractive to both Zach and I is the path of potentially going public and being able to let all those people, our employees, those people that couldn't afford to invest in our businesses or the should have, could have, would have's that delayed in the process and didn't come through swiftly and know how to execute on a decision to become a franchisee and lose the market they might've wanted to be able to reinvest into our business, the customers we're going to service. We'll have millions of customers across the country through all these home service brands that we'll service that will be willing to invest in the business because of the experiences that we've created for them as consumers. And that will then give us the next level of capital to take this, take this thing to an even further state. But don't get me wrong. If we don't go either one of those paths, private equity or going public, we still have the cash and more importantly, we'll generate the revenue to take us to that next level, wherever it is we need to go. So sitting here in 2022, it's early to say, what does 2025 or 2030 hold for us? But I know it will be exciting. I appreciate you sharing that. I know we're going to have to start wrapping up here in a minute, but one question that may be on the minds of listeners is as they listen to what's going to the exciting things that are going on within your family of brands, Is there anything that a prospective franchisee with any of those brands should be prepared for in joining an organization that's growing so rapidly versus those that might be joining an organization that's been around for a long time and isn't on the same kind of growth trajectory? Anything unique that you think they should be aware of and prepared for? Take it home, Zach. As a previous franchisee myself, and I've built out 10 different brands in franchise development besides their own, I think it's important to understand as a franchisee, if you buy a franchise location, you have to make sure that that franchisor is growing. And you want to make sure that they're growing fast, but yet responsibly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's important. But the more high quality owners that get placed in the system creates more value for you as a franchisee uh, on an exit. And we really openly tell franchisees, you're buying this business, you're buying this business uh, to serve some sort of why, get more, uh, get more uh, return on your investment, get more time with the family, control your destiny, whatever it is. The, the business is somewhat irrelevant. It's the widget that gets you there. 
So what's going to give you the best return on that investment, the best return on your time with the least amount of stress? When you get with a brand that's growing responsibly and aggressively, you get a lot of best practices fast. And uh, there's nobody better to come up with best practices than the actual franchisees because they're eating it, sleeping it, living it every day. And for us, when we're adding 50 to 100 franchisees per brand per year, uh, our, our launch process gets dialed in so fast. Our first 90-day advertising strategy gets dialed in so fast. By the time the, the 10th franchisee becomes a, uh, launches their business, they've already laid the groundwork for franchisee 20, then 20, then 30. And so I think if you're looking at emerging brands, you have to make sure that you check the boxes, but you want to make sure that the brand has the capital and it can grow aggressively yet responsibly. Got it. Thank you. Very helpful, I hope, for all of our listeners. Josh and Zach, co-founders of Horsepower Brands, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Blake. Well, that's going to be a wrap for today's episode. If any of this interested you and you want to get more information and or you want to learn more about any of these brands and get to the front of the line in the conversations with the real decision makers, just scan the QR code on your screen Get our contact information, and we'll get you in touch with them. And by the way, don't keep us a secret. So subscribe, follow, and share the Heartland Franchise Guy, your favorite episodes with others. We appreciate all of you being with us today. And another thank you to our guests from Horsepower Brands, Zach and Josh. Hope you all have a wonderful day. We'll see you again here on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Huda Media Production.